0: Welcome to the special holiday extravaganza foot guns podcast. You may have not heard my voice in a while because I've been put in podcast timeout for being mean to the internet chicken, but I've been allowed back by everybody's favorite space, robot right how nine thousand, to come on the podcast. How we made it through another year. We're still standing. I'm 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 still amazed that the the world is still turning, and I don't know about you, but yeah, uh... I mean uh,
1: it's been <laughs> it's been I mean the last like two years have been pretty wild, a pretty wild ride, like uh, up and down, right? Um, but yeah, um, <laughs> can't believe we made it all the way to the end of I mean not quite to the end, but almost to the end of twenty twenty two. This year was certainly. Um, a painful lesson for anybody like me that um, wants to just, you know, ride this crypto trade all the way up
0: to a million dollars or whatever. <laughs> right. So we've pride ourselves on being the number one, most actionable podcast in the space. And so it would be best if we, as we sort of look back at the year to be, and I'm always for this being harshest towards ourselves. And uh, so what, was, what what was your worst take? Of 2023, I, I know what mine was.
1: Um, like Tay, I, I think personally it was just like uh, thinking that Bitcoin bottomed at 28k. Um, I, I I don't know. I think I had like a a lot of conviction around that, and um, I don't know. I was trying to think like if there there must be something else worse that I did. This whole year was a lot of um, just bad bad decisions on my part i mean uh i i I think probably just like participating was the worst take (laughs) like the that just saying to participate at all like i i don't know It, it, it was a tough one
0: so if i can this is a trading show if i can take the other side of that trade i would argue that i do not believe uh first of all first of all i think that 28k support level um, based on years and years of technical analysis, was had a lot of support for it. I don't think that was a bad take whatsoever. I think if you are... This this is one of those years where if you are simply a market participant, you're going to get you know thrown around. And, I mean, it was one of the best years to be an oil trader. It was one of the worst years to be an oil trader. I don't think my blood pressure has ever gone up this high, but there were a lot of... Just so much... I mean, there were... To give you an idea on the tradfi side, uh, the S and P has had one percent uh, moves to the downside sixty times, four times in its history, and one of them was this year. So it has been a challenging environment for every asset class. I I think, uh, with the exception of if you're just playing stupid like in other words a lot of these VC funds are now gonna have to eat their investment in, F- in ftx um and it a lot of the sort of excess in the growth slash tech sectors coming down i mean tesla is Elon <laughs> you know, musk has vaporized 10 times the amount of billions that uh, bernie made of uh, that i'm not suggesting you know that uh, tesla's criminal or anything but um i think my worst take uh this year wasn't a take, but it was a lack of, inac- lack of inaction, which was correctly called the year low for um, the on a private podcast for, for the S and P thirty thirty six fifty. And then it happened. That's my year low. It happened the next week, and uh, I did not get long for that super duper June bounce, and I just I just sat there watching it going up and up and up. Still hit forty three hundred, and I didn't do anything about it. So I guess that's a, less a crime against uh, the podcast listeners as it is to myself. But um, definitely, this was—you uh, know—there's there's things that are foreseeable. There's things that are not. And if you've had a particularly if you've had a tough year, just understand this has been the craziest year I've ever seen in terms of the number of cross currents coming together. I mean, you've got inflation, and yet weak earnings, and all this other kind of stuff. So if you've had a, a less stellar year, don't beat yourself up too much about it. Um, and so, so to so the good stuff. What about your best uh, take of twenty twenty two? Oh, um,
1: dang! That's a that's a it, yeah. I mean, okay. I call I called Uni. Uh, we put Uni on the cheat sheet at like three dollars, right? It's trading at like five bucks. So uh, I think that's pretty much. You know, it's, it's it's those things. that's like in these kinds of markets, you don't realize, and you and, and you forget to sort of congratulate yourself on on these sorts of things, right? Like, I I um sort of have just beat myself up all year because I've just been getting beat up by the market, right? But yeah, I mean, d- deciding to say, hey, look, let's uh let's put Uni on the cheat sheet because uh, I think it's one of the most you know concrete projects, like in crypto right now in the midst of this like sea of who knows what the fuck anything is um so yeah you know we put it on i think at like three dollars and fifty cents or three dollars and eighty cents or something and it's trading at like five thirty. um so i'm pretty happy with that um yeah i don't know i can't think of like a better call this year um i think there was some some other things but maybe it'll come to me as we keep chatting
0: yeah, I think you gave, gave good advice to people about specific trading, about how, uh, you know, to deal with um, what was an incredibly volatile market, as well as how to trade a much more quiet um, sort of market. Now, for in terms of predictions for 2020, sorry, I'm skipping around. This is what you get when you get me back after being kicked off from the internet chicken, I get a little enthusiastic. Um, but I think that... Um, I think that uh if there's no if there's one thing I had to say to crypto world and visa v twenty three or anything else, and that is that the biggest moves in asset classes are when they go from things being um just absolutely terrible to not gonna die. And I I feel like that we're at potentially an absolutely terrible um, valuation for a lot of the stuff that you like. And um, the biggest move is always when things go from, you know, looking like they're going to completely collapse to actually the patient is going to survive. And And I certainly think with the, the sort of, uh, you know, I mean, FTX's bankruptcy has all of those elements of a sort of capitulation bottom. I mean, it has all the elements of a, of a, of a of an asset class that you you should pay attention to, and um, I think Bitcoin, at least I know, it, I mean, it's on when you have Bloomberg or whatever, and you're watching Bloomberg Asia. Um, I mean, they they've got the Bitcoin quotes up, so I think Bitcoin has successfully uh, made it onto the mainstream, and that most uh, tradified traders like myself look at it as a measure barometer of risk. It's actually much more. Much better, much better than something like the vix and um, the overall health of the consumer because if people start rating their crypto wallets for real I'm talking for real uh, in other words you' you're you're starting to root around and you're you're looking for that last little <laughs> last little bit in the um, uh, uh, bank account and so I think it you know Bitcoin 2022 if nothing else was the year that Bitcoin started you know it was there was a god all those so was the well, journal well, was, yeah, I, so, no, here, yeah
1: here's the thing is is I remember I remember you said that I don't know if this ever got onto like one of the public podcasts or, or one of the ones yeah. we were like playing with when we were first proposing foot guns. but um, yeah you had said like you know I don't think crypto is like big enough or, or or intertwined enough into like the you know, finance system to like really matter in the sense that like, you know, if if the price of Bitcoin goes down, like who who cares, right? Like I I feel like FTX was like the first touching of that, like hey look, like you know enough people got involved into this crypto scene that now you know now they might have to go sell some stocks to make up for these losses that they had in the, in the FTX scandal. I don't know. What, what are, what are your thoughts around that? Like, do you think crypto has finally gotten bigger? And, and you said, you just said like, you know, use it as a barometer of risk. Like, is it finally big enough now that it's like an actual part of like
0: the finance system? Like
1: we yes. can just stop yes. about like, yeah, Chad absolutely. And, and, yeah.
0: Absolutely. And I think, I think if you're sitting, if you're staring and you're sitting at some losses this year, You know, if you're a crypto enthusiast, you have to be extremely excited about the fact that 2022 was the absolute year that your preferred asset class became TradFi. I mean, I'm sorry, it's over. Like if Bloomberg is giving you quotes, like it gives you the Australian dollar quotes, and then it gives you the, uh, you know, oil quotes, and then it gives you Ethereum and Bitcoin and all that kind of stuff. So if your goal was to advance the cause of crypto and DeFi, then you've done it. You've congratulations. You've landed um, on the part where it matters, which is on the on, which is on our screen. The people who 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 control the largest sums of money now see the price of Bitcoin every single day, and I don't think that will stop uh, for the foreseeable future. So, 2022 was the year that Bitcoin made it. Unfortunately, the price action did not accompany that sort of cementing in the, the risk asset space. Um, I think there was a lot of, I told you so, but I, I, I really pushed back on anyone. I, 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 we were in the summer of, not just last summer, but the summer of 2021, we were talking about, uh, we were talking about, you know, I thought, I wanted to be able to short VC. I kept talking about that on private podcasts. I was like, these people are are not even um, uh, seemingly caring about the checks that they write. I mean, the fact that FTX was – there was no way for you to know. My point is there's no way for anyone to know that FTX was like this because when's the last time you saw big, high-powered VC funds back uh, somebody who's running QuickBooks? I mean, I, were they even paying for it or was it like the free QuickBooks? That, like? you know, tanning salons run or whatever. So, <laughs> right. right. <laughs> I mean, it, those are basic questions. I mean, whenever we looked at the deal, I'd, you know, was it a multi-strat, we looked at private equity deals, did a lot of them. And the first thing we would ask is what's your accounting system? And let's see the numbers. Uh, it's not the last question you ask. It's the first. And so I think, I think, you know, for, for the average participant, um, and people all want to call that they it was a fraud or whatever. I mean, all all Elon Musk said, for example, was that he didn't think Sam Bingham Fried was worth X liquid. I mean, he didn't say he, the guy was a fraud. He just didn't think he was liquid. Like most people who own still private uh, venture capital-backed companies are. They're not that liquid. So there, there was sort of an attempt to a few people to be like, yeah, I saw this coming. I knew this guy was a fraud. You know, he was a very well-spoken guy um, who – you know didn't give off any of I'm I'm a pretty I'm pretty good at spotting I mean I'm not good at but so not necessarily like going to claim some sixth sense when it comes to financial frauds but um I have been short Tesla since you know 280 dollars a share so um I I can spot I feel like when when like executives and management are under stress I do think probably the biggest what the fuck moment I had over FTX. And this may just show you how disconnected I am or whatever. But turns out there's a show called Shark Tank that doesn't include sharks, by the way. I didn't oh, know. Oh
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. Did yeah. you know this? There's a I, show I, called Shark well, Tank. Well, I, yeah, I know where you're going. I'll let you yeah, give give all the background on this. So Yeah, so yeah, anyone that is, doesn't know can
0: Yeah, it turns out there's a show called like like I was a big fan of I watched Shark Week on Discovery. Everybody loves sharks. They're like the you know, they're the ones no, I just that just meant
1: I just went uh, scuba diving and was yeah like face to face with a bunch of sharks. They're they're beautiful and yeah I love them.
0: Yeah, everybody roots for them and they want to be like the guys of the sharks until they get eaten by a great white. But I'll tell you that the the, <laughs> the the biggest disappointment was learning that Shark Tank is not a show about sharks. Instead, it's about it's four or five I don't know extremely stale, not very real VC fund investors, and one of these sort of fake investors is. um uh goes by the title of Mr. Wonderful which i i don't even i don't even know you could do that i mean does somebody give you that name or do you claim that name for yourself mr wonderful yeah which, you that's that's a very um a tv personality versus a investor <laughs> well it sounds like a professional wrestler right i mean i i would absolutely think mr wonderful is the name of a professional wrestler so it turns out the biggest the biggest the biggest thing was it turns out the show called called Shark Tank that does not involve sharks. There's a guy named Mr. Wonderful who pretends to invest in companies on it. And no, he was not taken for a ride. He was paid $1, $5, $15 million to promote not just FTX, but Mr. Sam Bankman-Fried. And I, that is, I don't even know what to, he. first of all, that guy absolutely has to give the money back anytime you have. <laughs> a situation where money you received for compensation was stolen you 100% have to give it back it's not like a you know sorry um so
1: okay uh, so wait i want to i want to I wanna go down this rabbit hole and then and we'll come back to this but um okay so taking the you have to give the money back right so if it if it comes out and like can be provable or whatever on chain that there were some market makers that purposefully and knowingly de-pegged Luna. I'm sorry, not Luna. Um, uh, UST, right? Using using Luna, like the mechanism around Terra Luna, and that Sam Bankman Fried and Alameda Research were highly involved in this, in that entire thing or whatever. Do they then go to all those market makers that knowingly? That's took a that great trade? question.
0: And take the money back. Yeah. <laughs> That's a great question and one of the problems is that, and, and you know, this is one of these weird times where people have been like, don't regulate my Bitcoin, wait, regulate my Bitcoin, is that we don't know, you know, market makers have to register with the SEC and they're the only people who are allowed to manipulate prices of stock in order to provide liquidity and so you can go track them down. I said this before and when people talk about government overreach, the SEC doesn't really overreach. It's just a basically a DMV so that we know where to go find people when they do bad things, really. And um, so in this case, we don't even know some of the actors probably in the market, the whole market making scene, particularly in the perps. And there were sort of looking back, I mean, I I went through about two hours where I just read back into Bankman Freed's timeline and Twitter. And he doesn't really fully seem to understand some of the products he's talking about. Like, like, he doesn't seem to fully understand futures. Uh, he doesn't se- seem to fully understand some of even the legislation that they seem to have tried to uh, push through Congress. And to anyone who's claiming that somehow his donations to either party—it was pretty split—but anyone who's claiming that, that that leads to him getting treated lightly, this guy is being this guy is being criminally indicted by three separate federal agencies none of whom, none of whom indict you unless they're going to put you away for a very, very, very long time. My guess is his sentence is concurrent and that he gets the sentence to well over 44 years in prison and that he does probably 12.
1: Yeah, that's interesting. I wonder, I mean, they're not going to give him a, uh, a computer back. Uh...
0: No, I mean, I, <laughs> I when I saw that indictment, <laughs> when I saw that indictment from the, uh, you know, the group joint agencies from United, it just says United States federal government when the United States federal government has you so so clearly in their sights that the criminal indictment is in courier font and doesn't even include any type I mean, it's, like, it's like 10 pages long I mean usually you have to it's like 100 pages long like they have to like lay out the case they hear they're just like Guy stole money, guy deep wire fraud, you know, I mean, it just, they've got you. I mean, they've got you like, it's, it's just like one of the weirdest, one of these insider trading cases, guys, Raj Raj Rottenham, got, since 22 years. They had him on tape. They literally had him on tape talking to um, somebody about, about an earnings, you know, insider trading. And the guy pled not guilty. And I've never understood that because, I mean, if I assume Benjamin Free would probably take a plea deal. Because there's just nothing... I mean, again, the government... Can you imagine if 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 you've been criminally died by the federal government and they had such a good case, they could type it up in courier font. That's it. Mic drop. <laughs> yeah. Um,
1: this makes me just think of um, wanting to check in with you about what you're thinking about Ethereum. Because um, I know... I know there's just been a lot of, you know, the markets in general have been crazy this year. Sam Bankman freed ended up being like a fraud. There was like, I don't know, more frauds in uh, crypto than we can imagine. Spotify uh, told us that our most popular um, podcast ever was the emergency podcast where, you know, I, I, in my mind, that was like the start of, of all of this when, yep. uh, you know, it was sort of fraud after fraud, after fraud sort of being un- unveiled. Um, I'm personally long longer Ethereum now than I've ever been, and not necessarily because I like it. but no, because I think I it's think a good it's trade. going to go up
0: in value. <laughs> I know, I know, yeah. I know. <laughs> I think it's I think it's a pretty good trade. Look, look. If every despite all this stuff, I mean, I think one of the side chains. I will be matic long a matic enthusiast for forever as some of no, the other things a, that I, a, you know.
1: That's that's a you know. Okay, let's plug it for just a second. Like we're not desperate. We just want to grow this brand, and um, you know, Spotify gave us some information. Like uh, uh, a bunch of people are really dedicated to this podcast and to uh, you know our newsletter. That's a separate thing, but um, you know, come and support us. Like it's the end of the year. No one's feeling well. Um, if you've been listening to this all year and you want to like you know get into our private chats and and that sort of thing, like sign up for the paid. You know, we'll say it, and then that's it. And and We'll say to sign up for the paid less if you uh, sign up for the paid. <laughs> um, yeah. Anyways, just we have to actually plug it. We 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 never we, did. We, we We we're,
0: we're the world's wor- worst uh, self promoters, uh, probably in the history of advertising or anything else. Smash the subscribe button like the other people in the podcast. Yeah, well. yeah. So, anyways, right?
1: Smash the subscribe button, and you don't have to hear us <laughs> say that like very often, like we currently do. Uh, anyways, I I just ruined um, that segment by talking about signing up. So yeah, sign up, and we don't have to ruin segments anymore.
0: <laughs> no, but I I think I think it was really towards towards twenty twenty three. A couple things come to mind, which is. You know, we had a constant debate in the private podcast all year long about whether crypto was acting upon equity markets or equity markets were acting upon crypto. And um, I, I, I think the answer is uh, that they are both intertwined. It's rare that you see sort of the Nasdaq take into the woodshed and you see Ethereum don't, although that's been, Ethereum's been holding up a lot better uh, than the Nasdaq the last few days. But, um, no, I think, I think that, that if you, I don't know what you could possibly add to to crypto, not necessarily the markets, but I'm not sure what worse news you could possibly add than, um, you know, the world's smartest people got together and gave a guy a bunch of money, supposedly smartest, uh, gave a guy a bunch of money and, um, for Ethereum to still be trading above a thousand. I mean, don't, I wouldn't even split hairs with it, And this trade may take, take a while to pay off. So now I've been consistently an Ethereum bear on this podcast. I mean, I'm the Ethereum bear. Uh, and I was, I would, I would, I would, I would get long here. And I just think you have to have a little bit of a, you know, we're trade we're trading thing, and you got to have a, a little bit of patience and being willing to leg into it sort of here and like Amazon hit a 52 week low yesterday. And if you're saving up for a retirement thing, it makes sense to leg into a position when it hits a 52 week low. Now there's some things about the chart to make it even maybe, maybe not a good idea, but, but the, the actually, um,
1: I, I, and, and, you know, to, uh, entice, you to come on a private podcast soon with me and our viewers to sign up um, I actually came up with something today um, that ties Amazon and ethereum together and maybe not in like a, in a first order second order but like yeah I think there's a little bit of a something going on that I I want to talk to you about on a private podcast about why I think uh, there is a correlation between Amazon and ethereum and it, it maybe is 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 past just traders trading <laughs> but yeah, yeah yeah i'll I'll just tease that a bit i i literally came up with this uh thesis like two hours ago
0: yeah interesting i think that's very. i look forward to sort of hearing about it i think best call of 2020 2022 um we talked about good call or good calls or whatever one of the things is i've been extremely negative about brian armstrong and the whole coinbase family and when that market cap dropped down below the value of Dogecoin, I think I looked pretty justified in retrospect. I mean, there were some people like, why do you hate this, you know, Coinbase guy so much? And I was just like, because it was a direct IPO listing done in bad faith by a bunch of venture capital people who were just dumped it on the public market for dead. I mean, they didn't even have a lockup period. I mean, they just said, here, have this. And, um, And whoever's the CEO coming out of that or whoever's the driving force behind that is not on your side. I mean, I don't know what these people need to do more to demonstrate. I mean, everybody keeps talking about, you know, the government, the government, the government, the government. The people who are not on your side are venture capitalists. And I, I think you only need to look at Coinbase as well as some of the coins that were sort of hyped by or the pro, you know, tokens that were hyped by VC to 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 understand that these people really don't care about you. They really don't. They are, they are a level, and it obviously doesn't apply to every venture capitalist, but they are mostly people who could care less about your financial well-being.
1: Yeah, I um, so again, this is kind of why I'm so bullish on Uni is that um.
0: Yeah, Uni's got that that, that I, huge I was yeah. I was I was stunned when you showed me the Uni fan base. I mean, there's a Uni club at Harvard Law School. I mean, it's it's got a following. Uh the other yeah, deep, I think that they're going to be the
1: ones that are going to I think they're going to ones that are going to take Coinbase down. I think they're going to That's my like public podcast uh, call called End of 2022. We'll see if I'm wrong, but I mean, it could take five years, but, um, I just think they're going to do it. They're going to, they're going to try and be the Coinbase of DeFi. Like, and they're going to, they're going to, I don't know, maybe they end up being shitty bad actors, but, um, I'd take them over Coinbase any
0: day. Yeah. I don't, I don't there's, look, there's, I think everything shifted in, in crypto for a little bit, which is that, um, one of the coolest things about crypto or wandering into crypto or whatever is everyone's really nice um i'm sure there were some harsh words on discords to people but you know our little community hasher at newbie um slim jimmy um Jockus pony i never know what his username is but he's really cool um all those guys uh in the spacing guild they're just such nice people and so i feel like like everyone i've interacted with on crypto wasabi you everybody uh, everybody I've interacted on crypto is like trying really hard to, to like build something and, and all that other kind of stuff. And everyone's really nice and by and large trustworthy. And you think about, and the whole idea is, but it's, but hold the stack about trustless, how does, what role does trustlessness play in trust and all that other kind of stuff. But I think at least for the next, the next 12 months that, um, that you are guilty pro- until proven innocent. If you are a, a big personality in the crypto uh, space, oh yeah, and yeah, that- yeah.
1: What, wait, wait. No, this is really relevant. We have to go. Okay, so, um, you know, end of the year. Sorry for pushing this. Uh, you know, go sign up or whatever. But it's it's true. I I think there's really value in this product, and so I'm gonna push it. Um, you yeah, know, we've been course. chatting in the spacing guild, which is our like private chat and Discord about how um, Danielle esta, who is the person that, you know, we first made the first emergency podcast about when he came out and said that he realized that he's been working with a bad actor and, you know, he wants to give people a second chance and, and blah, blah. And, and now that we've (laughs) gone through the whole year and, uh, seen who all the bad actors were, um, there's a bit of me that says, okay, maybe Daniela was, um, Truthful and that he didn't quite realize, like, how bad these people were around him. And then when he did, he was like, oh, well, at least they're not, you know, robbing people or whatever. Um, but the point is, um, all of a sudden, out of nowhere, um, in the last week or so, uh, Phantom and these tokens, which is associated with, with another uh, dead hero in crypto, uh, Andre Cronje uh, and Danny, who who both got connected together just before like everything really exploded. Um, uh, Ice, for instance, is uh, a token that I had recommended. is up a hundred percent in the last twenty four hours with some tweets from like Danny being like, "Hey, I'm back and I'm gonna just build product, product, and like I don't care what people think." So I, I, like, and, and then Andre as well is like, Hey, I'm back and I'm going to build product. And like, I don't care what people think. Andre was much, it's a lot harder to say he was a bad actor. He like really didn't do anything bad other than just like quitting. Um, uh, I'm yeah. I'm just curious, like your thoughts, like do, do people, you know, like I recommended ice at a dollar. It's at 23 cents or 30 cents or something. Um, I'm skeptical of the project still, because of everything that's happened and all the bad actors and stuff, like, can you trust something like that, or do you just completely say, you know what, guys, like, we need to just ignore these product, you know, projects because these people probably still are bad actors. Like, I, yeah. don't, I don't know. What are your thoughts?
0: I'll I'll go one step further than that, and I will say, get out a piece of paper and write down the number of CEOs of publicly held companies, and you're going to name, of course. Elon Musk, maybe Warren Buffett, um, I guess Jeff Bezos stepped down. I don't even know who's running Amazon. Um, and you're going to get to maybe like five to ten names or something like that. Now, take out a separate column, write down the number of crypto personalities that you know of who are leading things. And um, if it's a good company, you you don't know. You actually don't know who the CEO is. And I think that's been true. Also, sort of with DeFi, although I've been a little bit disappointed by the inability to bring sort of Sushi Swap back because I think of that great community. But um, I would even go so far as to say that if anything you're investing in, I mean, you've now been burned by, you know, an Elon Musk. You've been burned. I mean, the Tesla. You've been burned by uh, F, Sam Bankman-Fried. You've been burned by Danny, knowingly or not, or whatever. And maybe Andre is fine and all that other kind of stuff. But Kind of like maybe that's one of the new due diligence tests on potential crypto investment. I don't know. Trades are a different story, but in terms of, you know, growing your bag or whatever the term is. Um, I think that, uh, that should be probably the first test. Does this depend on a person? Because then you don't even have to go down the sort of fraud analysis route. You just have to know that it's a key man problem. Right. If this is the one person who could make this project fly, they can get run over by a bus. So, if your entire, you know, thesis around Ethereum is around Vitalik, whatever, um, then you should not own Ethereum because if that guy is so crucial and critical to the product, then, you know, he could just get cancer or something. So, um, that would be a new part of my analysis i think i would add that to my sort of analysis that's
1: that's really interesting okay here's my response um short ice long ethereum why i would love to see vitalik stop being in charge of ethereum (laughs) right i i I, I would that would be the moment where i would just be like but he's not like everywhere
0: he's not everywhere he's not like brian armstrong he's not everywhere but i SEC.
1: Yeah yeah but but like everyone's in love with him in the same way that they're in love like that's the thing right like you know don't don't date it don't hate it trade it right like so if if you notice that everyone's in love with the trade maybe that's not a trade you want to be in right because um you got like some irrational people that are just buying things because they don't understand what they're buying they just like want to just keep listening to this person that's in charge um so yeah i don't know i just feel like with ethereum if vitalik were to step off the scene i would love to see where ethereum goes at that point right like i feel like that could be like ethereum's moment where it really like takes off and like unleashes that would be um, the same
0: with the reaction to the initial reaction the initial reaction might be yeah oh, the
1: the initial reaction is it goes down right so yeah
0: so by the yeah. dip
1: there right with, yeah by the
0: uh, yeah, yeah no that's a, hey look that's a great thought these trades uh by the yes by the hack i mean you you're the one who pioneered by the hack i've never heard that before um, but, by, yeah, exactly. And, and so the initial reaction will be oh, God, this is another Sam Bakeman Fried situation. I guarantee it. The Ethereum will go down 20% or something like that. Buy it because I think, I think it, it'll run fine without Vitalik. But these, you know, Vitalik's not tweeting at the SEC. Brian Armstrong yeah, is yeah. Tweeting, so, tweeting at the SEC. So maybe instead of tweeting at the SEC, right. if Brian Armstrong would have paid more attention to his company. And his shareholders might have not lost 95% of the value or something like that. I mean, I don't know what it's trading at today, but if it's under Dogecoin, then you're a shitty CEO. Congratulations. Like, There's no, there's no possible comeback to that. Well, it's a tough market. I don't fucking care. Well, it's a tough, it's a tough, uh, it's a tough, uh, you know, year for crypto. Oh, by the way. Okay. Okay. So I'll give you, we'll do this one. I, um,
1: uh, you know, we won't save this one for the private podcast. I, I came up with this one like a week or two ago. Um, see if anybody takes it seriously. Um, why is Dogecoin worth more than Coinbase? Why is Litecoin rallying? Ethereum switched to proof of stake, right? So what what um, what people would do? if they're a Bitcoin miner is when Bitcoin mining is too expensive, meaning there's like too many people mining Bitcoin. So it like, you know, you can, it's, it's a simple math problem. You can, you can just go do it. Like, trust me, it's not like complicated. It's like algebra one. Um, so you just turn off your computers, uh, and stop mining Bitcoin cause it's not profitable. Well, instead what you can do is you can mine other proof of work coins and Ethereum used to be a proof of work coin. But it switched to proof of stake now, you know, earlier this year. Yep. So now what these miners are doing, at least this is my, um, con- you know, uh, hypothesis is that they're switching to mining Litecoin and Dogecoin because Dogecoin and Litecoin are both um, uh, proof of work coins and there's very few proof of work coins left. And so like what, you know, so they're like, okay, well, whatever. Like we can, we can mine a bit of Dogecoin and, and sell it. Like, you know, it's super cheap to mine it, super cheap to mine Litecoin. Um, I, I don't know who the fuck's buying it, but uh, <laughs> no, yeah, that I makes, don't
0: know. Th- no, that increased yeah. mining activity makes sense to me.
1: Now listen. I yeah. So see, I, I get, right. I could, I could see people get excited about, Oh, look at the mining activity going up. So I'm going to buy it. Right. Like, uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, I'm, I'm, I I'm, I'm uh, let me just finish and then you can say but like yeah, sure. I don't I don't think it's necessarily um, something that I'm excited about and I'm like running out and like buying on my own but like I am definitely using Dogecoin as a uh, as that like canary trade of of I bought a little bit of it and I'm I'm feeling the pain of it and I'm waiting to see hey is this thing gonna turn around and if it starts turning around in my mind that means that like people have got, gotten a bit excited about crypto again um, because it's you know it's like why would you buy it so if anyone's buying it then that must mean that there's money like coming into the whole space that's sort of my, my thesis around that
0: no it's a, it's a good one and like we said it's, it's crypto um, is likely to say somewhat inflated because the money goes into the system but very rarely comes out and, and, and I was an early advocate of FTX's approach because I thought it meant inter- interoperability like I would love to do. I mean, you can do the, you know, the futures, but I'd love to do, um, you know, Bitcoin versus equity spreads and stuff like that, where in one sort of interchangeable place. And at least FTX was pro- the first person to sort of promise that they were going to head in that direction. And I'll, I'll admit that I I found that you know the extent that you and I were ever Sam Bankman frieds positive, it was because uh, we were we were enticed or by the interoperability. I mean, it could have been. Ronald McDonald.
1: No, I think um, I think if you go back and listen to our pod, I, probably that emergency podcast or like the emergency yeah. two or something, um, I'll just reiterate this like um, in the long term, this is good for crypto because it's free advertising. Uh, in yeah, the, well, it's it not really free advertising. A shitload of people lost money. I'm sorry. Um, the you know the dude the dude was legitimately a scammer. Um, but. It, like what he took advantage of and what Danny took advantage of maybe, and what a lot of people like Do Kwan took advantage of was that there is actually a theoretical technological gain here. Right. Which is like that interoperability that you're talking about. And a lot of people are advertising that they're the ones that are going to do it. And eventually somebody's going to actually do it. Um, but I think what we're what we've what we've learned in 2022 is that that person isn't on the scene yet, and um, no, no. yeah, yeah the the people that are all on the scene are the people that are trying to convince you that they're going to do it, and they're actually bad actors
0: no that's that's totally fair. Um, i I mean it certainly makes sense to me um i don't know why i don't know it's it's kind of like
1: a holy it's kind of like a holy grail idea right it's like that guy that you know it's like you know it's 1767 or something and some guy shows up at your door and says hey i know where um you know the fountain of youth is like you just gotta follow
0: me (laughs) right right the fountain of youth i wonder how many pod like if you played podcast bingo and transcribe the podcast all of them on spotify today whether you would get that, that, that mention. Like,
1: how many, how many times you get that reference? <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. I bet, I bet we're probably unique in that regard. I, I gotta say. Um, that is, that, that's a deep cut. That's an absolute, that's a 1600s uh, yeah, deep
1: cut. I, I appreciate that.
0: Uh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I mean, sometimes you have to look very far to the past to, uh, realize what's, um, going on. Also, special shout out to, forgot in terms of our power users mr toast um another great person in our private discord where we talk about actionable trading ideas forget about mr toast
1: yeah okay well i think that goes back to like a what was a good call this year um maybe maybe i didn't say this explicitly but i like you know and it it showed up on our discord which was just like you know i put no energy towards nfts and um was kind of even though i didn't like actively talk about like you know go try and i mean i don't think there's like a way to short nfts but kind of was just like hey like be careful with this because um i think this is a great technology um but man i don't quite understand how you invest in it and if crypto is going down nfts aren't going up <laughs> and uh, you know like um i think there's gonna be a moment um when nfts take back over and i hope that i'll be um, wise enough to you know I'm not going to be like the guy that says like oh buy NFTs today or whatever but at least I'll be like yo I think we're you know it's been three months of NFT bullishness and um, I think you know there's a use case here for me it has to change though it can't just be like oh yeah we made some different looking pictures of animals or whatever right it has to like the, the, the purpose of NFTs is that um, they're a tool for building something on top of. And so again, I'm just, you know, I'm waiting for that moment where someone builds something interesting on top of them. And in that moment, I'll get bullish NFTs again.
0: Yeah. I mean, the, 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 like the first wave of that kind of stuff. Um, what about on the trap five front? What do you think about where the, the overall health of the market and, um, uh, you know, with the BOJ signaling they're going to do some policy stuff. That was the last. That was the final central bank to intervene. I mean, that, that was the one that was. That was why the yen got so weak, and boy, that helped their exports, but it really hurt them, put them on, on inflation. So the yen, I mean, moves an enormous amount off of 150. It's down to 131. But um, uh, sort of, what are you thinking about all that that stuff?
1: So this is kind of a one of those I don't know I think I like this these thoughts cross my mind all the time which is like you know you see a lot of people on Twitter or I don't know even even on things that I pay money for like um that just you know they'll come and they'll say something and they're basically just like yeah I think it's going to go up and or I think it's going to go down right <laughs> like so right I don't know I was I was sort of just like ask myself like am I am I saying like I think it's going to go up or I think it's going to go down but I've just been thinking about this a lot like you know if you look back at what are, what are our examples? Right. We have very few examples of like well-recorded history and it's really, we're really in one of those situations that's just like, it either goes up or it goes down next year or it goes sideways. Right. That's the third option. Um, but I, I don't know, for me, it, it for me it feels like we're at a, a critical moment where a lot of people are like, you know, is 2023 the great, You know, what I don't know what they're going to make the name for it, right? Like the great, great recession or the almost great depression, or like basically, is 2023 going to be this thing that just like you can't figure out what the fuck to do? And no matter what you do, you keep losing money just like 2022. Or is it going to be the recovery year where central banks do something that makes everybody happy and But I just don't like, for me, the more I like think about like these rate cuts and inflation and blah, 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 so on and so forth, I can't like, I can't bring it back to like, well, what would just happen if we just had like a productive economy, right? Like, what if there, what if there was just a bunch of smart thinkers out there coming up with useful things to do? It's like, isn't that the first order effect, right? Like as much, as, as, much yeah. as everybody's obsessed with,
0: so <laughs> you've you, you into yeah. the, the, the crux of the problem, which is everything, everything, every recession, every, every downturn, has to have as one of its components. It can't just be a decline of two consecutive quarters of GDP. It has to have an unemployment rise. And there's 1.7 job openings for every able-to-work American right now so either that's these companies are just flying blind and these job openings won't be there for long but that that's what zero eight oh nine was it was like everybody lost their job it was just like you know i'm not even i mean i didn't but also no not, I, I well so I well, in, I in 0809 sure I, I was
1: uh i was at university uh in california and um half of the physics uh, sorry t- the, the physics department lost half of their budget which was no problem right they had a huge budget half of the music and art department was fired
0: right? yeah exactly
1: half of half of the
0: language department was fired have like by like, the like, way twenty twenty two. was just, it was I mean, brutal i'm <laughs> like, sure yeah. nobody wants to hear this but i mean i'm up pretty pretty well on 2022 i mean there were there were it was a pretty like if you look back at it on the one hand they had it was a really tough year for crypto, but in TrapFi, it wasn't that, it wasn't that difficult. I mean, you had, you had uh, technical analysis was just your best friend once you got sort of the hang of it and that the S&P was going to fail at the 200-day um, as it tried to make its comeback. It's, there have been great shorts, great longs. I think it gave some pretty good advice, which was um, buy uh, the S&P above 4,100 and sell below 3,900 the first time. That worked out well, um, and so it was a good year to be long oil then short oil, and it wasn't. It was all particular. It was all pretty obvious. Yeah, I mean,
1: yeah, yeah. Well, see, that's where that's where I think technical analysis. Like a lot of people, um, you know, shy away from it and like think it's just like you know some sort of like voodoo or whatever. Yeah. Um, but you know, if it <laughs> if the market keeps giving you money, mu- like you know, if there's if there's large players in the market that just keep shorting the 200 day and buying the bottom of this like descending you know wedge or whatever and they keep making money then none of them care about the state of the economy no. or what the No Fed's that's a doing. great that, that is a right, fantastic yeah. <laughs>
0: point which is the stock market and financial assets are not the economy and and as a global macro guy um I mean I can you can make bets that are a little bit more explicit, like the price of oil is typically a good indicator. Um, I mean, we went all the way down to 70 uh, because people were really concerned about growth. It's also a seasonality with the oil. This happened exactly last year. I mean, oil's gasoline is trading at the TTP, so to the penny price, that it was trading at this time last year. And, and that would, to me, there's a reflationary inflation, while it may have peaked, uh, in the form of commodity and a weaker dollar and is that, and the dollar had to weaken. I mean, we're getting to the point where, um, you know, these emerging market, uh, uh, these emerging market um, countries that have their dollar denominated sovereign debt and everything, and the dollar just became way too strong. That in turn led to the biggest systemic risk of 2023, which is the bank of this weird little body called the bank of international settlements. Um, keeps track of just kind of strange market plumbing. And that's another key thing that you need to have a really just an ass whipping in uh, equities is you need some of the plumbing to get bad. I mean, not just declining earnings. I mean, you need like, you know, debt obligations, people to default on debt. The perfect example is a company, a firm, which I said at 20, I think it's going to zero. It's trading around nine. You can still short it probably the interest rates high. Uh, but they're unable to syndicate their loans. They're a little buy now, pay later loans. No, there's no buyer for their loans right now. So anyway, the Bank of International Settlements has identified that there are $80 trillion, that's correct, $80 trillion worth of FX swaps that are off balance sheet that are floating around right now. And here's the kicker. When you do swaps, these particular type of swaps, you have to, when, when they, when, when it comes, the bill comes due, so to speak, you have to do full notional value. So in something like a futures contract or an option contract, you buy an option contract a call or put on something and it may expire worthless, but the most you can lose is whatever you put up, unless you're writing calls or writing puts right here. If you, if these things, these swaps get re-swapped and I'm not a swap expert, um, somebody's got to come up with, in theory, $80 trillion worth of FX uh, pay, pay payments. And, and that is triple the amount of these FX swaps that have ever existed. And it's grown by triples sort of over the last three years. And none of it's on anybody's balance sheet. It's all off balance sheet. So it's hidden. It's just the world's biggest trade ever put on is in these FX swaps, and they don't appear anywhere. Yeah, that's pretty... How about how that's
1: that? Yeah, that's, that's a pretty opaque
0: market. <laughs> yes, and, it, and, it, and it, you know you think about, I, I believe that the total, the thing that brought uh, things down at 08-09 was about $8 trillion of notional value, um, which was credit default swaps were, were written against. So <clears throat> we're looking at potentially 10 times that amount. And you have to come up with, again, the notional value. It's not a derivative. So um, if the, all of that came apart very very quickly, like something like the yen, which is then again clock, cross. I mean, when you have an FX portfolio, you, you're like, you know, you're long the yen versus the the dollar, but you're also short the Australian dollar versus the pound or whatever. And so your big your FX bucket gets put into one big sort of soup, and these these. These off again, they're off balance sheet. Eighty trillion dollars worth of with the shadow obligations. I mean, I, I I don't. I've never. I can't imagine that ends well. I just can't. I I I don't think it's something you can actively plan for. But that is the greatest well, risk to put in the, the
1: It's really like, hard. how do you unwind it? I mean, that's the the thing that. I, yeah, I think maybe that's what we've learned over the last year. Like, like how do you unwind? these massive trades that get, and, and, you know, like everybody, um, everybody thinks that they're the lone actor. I mean, I've, um, I I would say I very much have gotten some scars this year and, and, and grown. Um, You know, I, 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 think a lot more about not just what I like, you know, if I go buy some token, right. Some crypto token, well, don't just think about like oh I'm buying this token. Go and look at like whatever. But what's everybody else buying, right? And if everybody else is buying, I mean the best the best call I ever had that I didn't listen to myself, and it was and I called you. Remember I went I went to um it, I went to Fire Festival. I flew to um Exuma Greater Exuma, which is where the Fire Festival was supposed to happen for for no one that uh anyone that's listening that's made it to 51 minutes that doesn't know what the fire festival is go watch it on netflix i don't know how you haven't heard about it but it's this like failed festival in the middle of nowhere in the bahamas <laughs> <laughs> i flew there and i had a shitload of money and as i landed i lost like 25 percent, i think of like everything i owned and I lo- like I had there was like no internet and I called you and I was just like, dude, I like what the fuck do I do right now? And like, I think we stayed up till like five in the morning, just like, you know, talking about risk management and trading and and, and that sort of thing. And like the whole time I just like was in and out of Wi-Fi. So like I just like couldn't actually manage my trades. Right. Like I was just yeah. Like, 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 yeah, talking about risk management, never fly somewhere where you like can't manage your trades. Um, On the other yeah. hand, I've
0: I've had that I've had that work <laughs> for my benefit. Uh, I have. I got to be. Yeah, honest with you.
1: yeah. Right, right. Where you can't touch it, and then all of a sudden, yeah, all of a sudden you're making a bunch of money. <laughs> it yeah, you, well, it keeps so, you in the
0: trade. If you're more right than you think you are, it keeps you in the trade.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, but I mean, okay. So here was the th- here was the big thing that happened. That 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 was the the moment that we should have just said, okay, look, let's just you know sort of get out not like get out of crypto but let's be light right let's be crypto light um pirate coin (laughs) pirate coin was the number one trade of crypto and i like i searched through it i was trying to figure out like what the hell this thing was and it was just going up and up and up and i was posting in like discords and like making fun of it and like it's like yeah like when you see something like pirate coin that has no like reasonable doubt trading for like 10 or 15 days in a row as the number one cryptocurrency and you like can't find any reason for like why it exists and like what it is about. Like that is the moment where you say, you know what? Like this is a, this is an overblown market and uh, yeah, you know, and Hey, Bitcoin made an, made a new all time high after that. Right. So um, the timing was wrong, but the, uh, the signal is there. Right.
0: Yeah, I think there's so much conventional wisdom right now that the first half of 2023 is going to be bad, that this is the first year, the first year that, you know, analysts surveyed are predicting sort of a down year or flat year. 4,000 is the average call for the S&P, which is the first time in history that people have not um, projected uh, something higher. And um, so the conventional wisdom – yeah, the, the visual wisdom is is to be short in the first quarter and then have a rally take place in the second half of the year. Well, I mean if you if you think that's true, let me tell you what you do. If you really think that's true, you talk yourself into that that investment thesis, then you don't wait till the second half. You start buying in the first half because I mean if you think if you think the second half is going to be great, then you know, maybe it's not here, but you wait, you know, you start buying Amazon now. You know, you don't wait until, until things get absolutely, you know, it's just, there's a lot of corollaries between, if you look at inflation, inflation used to get measured a different way. If you look at inflation and you look at the way it was measured in the 80s and you look at the way it's measured now, in 1982, we've had virtually the same amount of inflation. Now the old way said 17%. And there've been some creative arguments about how, um, inflation is really 17% now, or was this year. I mean, Pepsi raised their prices 17% and, and grew their earnings. So you can say, well, it's at least among Pepsi enthusiasts, of which I know no, no one, um, that uh, uh, they're willing to pay 17% more for um, that sweet, sweet uh, trip to diabetes. So um, uh, anyway, eighty eighty two is an interesting case to me because – in '82, you had a super super high inflationary environment, and Paul Volcker dropped. I mean, the Fed chairman dropped. He's the sort of the Fed chairman against all Fed chairmen are judged because he raised interest rates so so high uh, that you know it hurt the, the the governing party in power. Everybody was pissed. Um, but boy, they got rid of inflation, and they got rid of it fast. And so earnings the the initial the initial downdraft in eighty two, earnings fell a further twenty percent, but the stock market never made a new low, and so I think that that it's I've just been trying to find a parallel for, you know, because because two thousand to two thousand two we got this sort of you know side down bear market and that was a deeper recession than people I think think, um you've got oh eight oh nine to sort of look at but. None of those included an inflationary component, right? Um, so uh, I don't know. I, I, I think that just just there would be other one other thing you could take away from this. And I think I stole this from Dennis Garman, but you know the market can remain irrational longer than you can remain solvent. And so the the fundamentals may may argue for um, something that the market doesn't give you. And I, I don't I don't know. I think Apple should be trading at around one hundred dollars, maybe less. It's at one thirty-five or something like that. I think Tesla should be about fifty bucks a share. It's still up at one forty, and I'm out of that short, with a great short. Um, But the uh, and that's one of the few single stocks I've traded in the last half decade. It was just like this guy's trying to run two companies at one time, and he's pissing off half his potential custo- customer. Okay, uh,
1: well, so so um, th- I think that's a great point. Wh- one of the, the point that I just want to make is like. Uh, Okay. So there is, you know, and I think any, you know, anyone that's made it to 57 minutes, like we look at technicals, but we also look at fundamentals, right? There are points where, you know, uh, just in my mind, like say Tesla does what you say it's going to do, but Ethereum stays at $1,200. All of a sudden, why do people buy Ethereum? just for that reason like not for any other reason then it didn't go down right like yeah and then all of a sudden this is like i I wrote this whole thing um this back and forth with our friend at at cargill um that uh you know hey like I, i really do believe that crypto is reflective like a commodity which means the price goes up because it's going up and the price goes down because it's going down yes you need a catalyst um, or an exhaustion, like a market exhaustion, or something like that, to like turn the 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 thing around. But um, you know, sort of like once the momentum starts, like you know, you said it, uh, buy high, sell higher, right? Like I think that that is the way to think about crypto. Is is in the current moment is is it's a commodity and it's reflexive. And if it's going up, it's going to go higher. And if it's going down, it's going to go lower. Like it it feels maybe a bit dumb to say but um it's i don't know it's just like the
0: truth of the world (laughs) yeah we've also been experimenting with what we call monetized wrongness which is if you're convinced that something's going to happen um then go ahead and put a a buy stop if you're short or or a or a sell stop very away from everything that you think can happen and I mean, you're convinced. Like you're just like I'm in. I am sold on Bitcoin at these levels. It is 100% going to fifty thousand. Put a sell stop order in at around seven thousand now, and then you won't have to think about it later. And you, if you're wrong, you can make just as much money. But put it way away from the price. Straddle it, and don't use options. But just think of think of things in those terms, um, because as Bitcoin demonstrated, is all these cryptos have demonstrated, the stocks have demonstrated, and crude has demonstrated, and all this kind of stuff. It always goes way further than you think it will. And so, if Bitcoin is still kicking around, you know, anything above ten thousand to me, then you don't have a whole lot to worry about. Um, if the S and P really does fall apart, I do think Bitcoin will get taken down to something like ten thousand. I, I don't know. I don't know if you could have a relative outperformance of Bitcoin unless. Um, people are holding, and they're just they're just unwilling to sell, and they're unwilling to. I mean, pretty much people I talk to just randomly on the street or whatever. I've never met somebody who sold crypto ever. I've been I've only met people I've only met buyers of crypto. I've never heard anybody say, "Yeah, no, I just got out of my." Now, this I'll just like ask an Uber driver. I fly a lot. I'll ask people in airports. And every time I talk to them, they're like, yeah, I bought some of that way back when. It's gone down by like 90%, but I still have it. And so if if people are going to hold on to investments that are down 90% and they're not going to fully, you know, they're just basically saying, I'm willing to let this go to zero. How does it ever really get to zero?
1: Right. Yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, which is why, uh, you know, I started writing uh, in our little private section on uh, on the the Footguns newsletters about Dogecoin. And uh, yeah, that's what I've been writing about is is I, I don't think you need to necessarily... I mean, okay, so one thing that we've talked about is like it sort of changes you when you put a position on. So like even if you like literally just go buy $100 worth of Dogecoin, it's different for you. Like, first of all, you get to see the real world truth of like when you bought in what you don't have to go and look at a chart and be like, wait, did I buy at this level or that, you, know, you know, right? Like your brain tricks, it's tricks you all the time and, and tries to make you feel good about yourself, which you should, everyone should feel good about themselves or, or not, whatever. Um, um, but you know, it, 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 tricks you in trading when you like don't actually put the position on because then you like just convince yourself that you like did a better thing than you actually did. So you go buy a hundred dollars worth of Dogecoin or, or, you know, 10 bucks or whatever. And you, you look at it and you go, Hey, I bought this six months ago and it's worth $4. Um, What's going on with crypto, (laughs) right? Like crypto must be hurting really bad or you buy it and like, you know, Hey, I bought this six months ago and it's worth the same amount. Oh, hey! I think crypto might have bottomed, right? Or you buy it six months ago and it went up two dollars, right? Oh, maybe, maybe there's a bid going on right now, right? Like I just, I just think it's a a barometer, right? It's something. That yeah. You well, is use Reese Witherspoon the rest her, of
0: the market? Is right. Reese yeah. Selling her F? I I doubt it. You know, I mean, I was right, right. Her about, her so. one ETH or whatever. I don't yeah. know. Like, yeah. how much did she buy? <laughs> yeah. So uh, I mean, you know, I think I think the whole uh i mean twitter is really that's last thing last topic and that is okay no 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 no. i got hold on hold on i got got a hot take for 2023 i got a hot
1: take for 2023 zero crypto ads in the super bowl in
0: 2023 yeah um i know this crypto.com still had theirs up in the world cup and I guess they paid for that before it, but I just yeah,
1: yeah, no, no, no. But I, I don't. Uh, the World Cup didn't get embarrassed by Tom Brady. <laughs> That's true. That's true. I yeah. think it's an NFL, NFL specific, Super Bowl specific. Um, so last year, like last year, like every single ad, like 90% of the ads were just like coinbase. I don't know. So if one ad gets through, I lose, right? I lose this uh this part.
0: Yeah, no, I think but I think it's uh I think it's uh uh it's interesting it's interesting because at the time everyone was showing the pets.com ads from the Super Bowl from the dot com bubble. And they were like, well, you know, crypto is Dead because look at this analogy to the dot com bubble and the Pets dot com yeah. Super Bowl and, and all that kind of turn, stuff. I mean, yeah, yeah and then it turns very, out like yeah, turned out yeah. to be very helpful in terms of the price of, of of a lot of things. But you know, I mean, look, I I think that uh, um, I I, I, I I don't know, but t- people are really leaving Twitter. That's why these last topics. Or what's your take on Twitter and? people really are leaving Twitter. I mean, I've pretty much changed my name to, um, this is going chapter seven and, um, so, and I don't go on there anymore. I mean, I mean, okay, I, uh, all these people no, are like nobody, saying goodbye and like nobody
1: you know, responds you know. or likes any of, uh, I mean, I got a couple of, you know, every once in a while, liquidity tweet something. And since I can comment, you know, I hit, hit some bangers that get a lot of likes or whatever, but, uh, Yeah, for the most part, like, I mean, even the big accounts that I follow are getting less engagement. And uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, uh, it's certainly, it's certainly crypto's space. Like, uh, if anything, I think the crypto people more than anyone are like searching for something uh, else besides Twitter. I've seen a lot of uh, crypto personalities being like, where where do we go? You know, and like a lot of people, um there's this thing called like Mastodon. I don't know if you've heard of that. Um, yeah,
0: no, I'm on post news and I'm on Mastodon as as well. I haven't been able to sort of figure out Mastodon. Um but post uh, dot news is just pretty much just journalism and engagement. And you have to like link your LinkedIn profile. So they're, oh, they're nice. starting yeah. yeah, they're starting with like a a low note. Yeah, I can right
1: say there. um it's pretty, you know. Personally, um, I've been a little bit less engaged in it. Um, yeah, I don't. I don't know. I would love to find something. Uh, that, you know, the thing that I like about Substack, at least, is it leaves. Um, it leaves like a record for people to go back and like like Twitter's like impossible to go back and try and figure out like what <laughs> things were said and yeah. yeah. Um, you know, so like with Substack, it's really easy for us to like link back to like past you know podcasts and past articles and and that sort of thing i mean i don't think subsects perfect um they definitely you know they told me that they would accept cryptocurrency uh for payment like a year ago and i messaged them about it like 18 times and they you know they're just like oh yeah we're and, and then there was like i don't know there's like other subsects that they can accept crypto for payment but they like won't let us hmm. do it i don't know uh interesting but yeah i don't know I, I i think twitter is pretty much like
0: useless other than there's still a couple of um i think there's an important that there's an important lesson tweet on here. there yeah there's an important lesson here which is anytime anybody starts waving around uh you know work free speech i'm doing this for free speech that's exactly what they're not doing um and you know everyone's for free speech like that's without saying And so for him to go and kick journalists off and then be like, you know, whatever. And I get it. He's going to, he's going to have, I mean, that was all very cleverly done by having a Twitter poll should you step down? Yes. So that he can, in fact, step down because he should. But who would want the job of Twitter CEO right now? Like, it's a company that's never Jack Dorsey. Yeah, maybe, maybe. But he's already said no. And I think that, uh, um, I mean, he only owns. He only owned two, what I thought was odd about that is he must have had a bad lawyer because he only owned two percent of Twitter and I mean he was one of the co founders right so um i uh, uh I mean you get diluted in various a rounds b rounds c rounds for but that shows you how unprofitable a company is if the original founders don't own very much of it anymore because they get diluted by subsequent rounds because the thing is not profitable so if Twitter's never well, make it well enough, right I
1: mean it's the It's just like, I don't know. I feel like that's kind of like what the 2022 bear, I I, I don't know. Maybe people look back at this and call it like the crypto bubble or, but I would just say this is just like the dot-com bubble. Like, is it, you know, if the dot-com bubble was a bubble, then this is the same thing. It's a bunch of tech companies that were overinflated, overinvested, not making any money, um you know so like a lot of people are just like oh yeah this is awesome like right pets.com like it's gotta it's gotta kill and like there are many websites right now where you can go do all of the things that pets.com offered and (laughs) i'm not quite sure you know what their valuations are but what i'm saying is like the the reason the the idea was fine right like the idea was fine it was the yeah response of the investors to the idea. Yeah, exactly. It was was the, it it was the finance markets that made the mistake, not pets.com that made the mistake.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think they put debt on top of a company that was not able to repay it like to the tune of seven times or something like that. So pets.com debacle, web van, all that kind of stuff. That's, that's really their poster children because of their terrible capital structures. They're not poster children because pets.com is a bad idea to have uh online pet food right, right exactly and and that's what I, I i just think
1: like what's going on now is there's all these great ideas and everyone just thinks like oh well that must mean money and then they just like invest in anybody that will tell you you know it, it's kind of what happened in crypto right like that's that's the point i tried to make earlier uh and then we can we can cut this off um was just yeah it's like people get what the ideas are and then all of the, you know, charlatans and scammers and whoever are gonna come and they're gonna convince you that they're the ones that have solved the problem, which is what's so you know, why I will just over and over again just say buy Bitcoin and forget about all the rest is that we have no idea who Satoshi Nakamoto is and no one can figure out who the person is. And I don't know, and literally unless it's the US government, they would have arrested the person by now and if it is the US government, well, congratulations on pulling that one off.
0: I don't think the US government would arrest the person who found a Bitcoin. I don't think that's true. In fact, you don't think, think so. No. You know no, there, I there's I mean there was like an FBI I mean a public FBI like search for this person or at least files that were published. Yeah. I don't I don't I don't I don't think so. I mean, why would you? I mean, it's a it's a it's not it's not harmful to the To the United States government I mean it's not like a weapon or something I mean it's not a way you know I mean there's a great as people point I mean again our current SEC chairman uh, taught a class on blockchain I don't just don't think okay
1: sure fine maybe that's a bit extreme I I, I, I at least think that if this person was identifiable and alive that Bitcoin would not be the number one cryptocurrency there you go that's my less extreme uh...
0: (laughs) yeah yeah but it's the only one that's that's at least the, the 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 yeah so that's another bolstering to my argument that if you're investing in a personality in a crypto project then you probably shouldn't be there
1: yeah well but i i again i just think like and i'll continue to make this argument until i'm wrong um you know proven wrong and and what do we say like in our our trading rules which you can you can go and uh get access to if you subscribe uh is that you know you're you're not proven right until uh, you you make money right so um, <laughs> I I believe that you know when when people especially you know like like uh, Martin the uh, the guy that's been writing the uh, uh, you know from the desk of the trader when he says like you know uh, equities you know have a return on investment they you know they have real cash flows and blah 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 I, I think like literally why I'm still invested in Bitcoin is unlike every single company, every single um, cryptocurrency, Bitcoin does not have a leader, uh, you know, an identifiable leader. Um, and so therefore it must be a commodity because commodities don't have identifiable leaders, right? Like, there I don't you know. Go. Maybe, yeah, yeah. I mean, maybe you could argue oil has some, and, and you know, no. there's, there's large I mean, players, but yeah, there's, no, there's no person that just like, the mayor of oil or the president of oil no, or right. whatever, right? Yeah,
0: that's yeah. right. That's correct. I agree with that 100%. Well, on that note, thanks for joining us for a Christmas edition of Flickrun's podcast. We'll see you in the new year and we'll do this all over again.